Hi, I'm Reagan, and thanks for listening to my dad's podcast, Lasting Learning. Hi, this is Dave Schmidow, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. On this show, we talk to real people with real stories. We focus on the focus and discuss what matters most. Let's go. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. Super, super pumped that you are joining us this week. And uh, in a few seconds, you are going to be as well. This is going to be one of those life-changing conversations that you're going to be privy to. I say that because I have full confidence that this conversation is going to change my life as well. Today, we have a, a, a guest who, um, I mean, his story, when you hear the story, it is going to be... Um, incredible, inspiring, probably even a little overwhelming. Some of you might hear some of these things today and think there's no way this is real. There's no way this is true. There's no way this person is still walking around and talking, let alone inspiring people like he does. This is a, a guy who, um, well, I'll, I'll let him share his, his full story, but uh, I'll talk Navy SEAL. Um, we're going to talk about multiple injuries and gunshot wounds. I mean, being shot literally in in the face and is here to inspire us. Today on our show, we have Jason Redman joining us to um, just completely change our worlds. Jason, thank you so much for being here, man. Dave, honored to be here, man. Blessed. I'm, I'm <sighs> fortunate. So yeah, you, to be able to continue to share my story. Yeah, yeah and it, it is it is an absolutely incredible story. <laughs> you know, there, there are so many different avenues that we can take when we talk about this, but I'm just going to you know, I, I gave the big overview a little bit about who you are, but do you just mind taking a few minutes and just telling those people who have never heard you or heard your story, um, what brought you here? Like, <laughs> what's going on in your world? Yeah, absolutely. No, I would be glad to. I am going to caveat it up front because it's something I think is really important. It's something that I often talk about when I'm speaking or, you know, I think oftentimes, and you even said it, you, you talked about in the very beginning, it may be overwhelming. And I think automatically when people hear these incredible stories um, of overcoming incredible odds, automatically, sometimes people will stop listening or they will go, eh, you know, this will be a cool story. You know, I'm sure it'll inspire me, but then they'll say it's not relatable. You know, I'm not, I can't connect to, uh, you know, some people want to put Navy SEALs on this superhero pedestal or, or this other level that they say, oh, I could never relate to that. I could never do that. Uh, but one of the biggest things that I talk about through all my experiences, I'm human. We, I don't care who you are. If you're a Navy SEAL, I don't care. Anybody that walks this planet is human. And we all have similar genetic makeup. We all have it, our heart and soul. You know, we may have some strengths. Uh, that we're better at in some areas. We may have a little bit of genetic disposition that we're better in some areas, but we all have this catalog of strengths and weaknesses. And my biggest message is don't look at me as just a Navy SEAL. Look at me as a human that's gone through some major adversity that you, anyone out there, has the ability to overcome also. So, um, so that being said, that's my uh, public service announcement, my warning to 
pay attention. This is relatable because we're all human. And, uh, and, and I am the most unlikely of people to ever become a Navy SEAL. Um, you know, I think what most people think of Navy SEALs, you know, they immediately get these visions of like Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, these great big buff muscle dudes that are, you know, like six foot five and 280 pounds. And uh, uh, that isn't necessarily true about Navy SEALs. And it definitely isn't true about this guy. You know, I am uh, five foot eight. As a matter of fact, when I went through SEAL training, uh, I was only about 120 pounds. 100, I think I checked in at 137, and when I went through Hell Week, I lost about 20 pounds. So, all right, I'm going to stop right there because that that's insane in and of itself. The fact that you you knew this about yourself and you had that own disposition, and I'm sure your own self identity, yet you still convinced yourself you could go out there and do it. So, I mean, we can talk through that in, in a few minutes, but I want people to just well, resonate with what you just said. Yeah, and against everyone, you know, everyone laughed at me and said, oh, you're never going to be a SEAL because I did not fit into this box of what people assume SEALs are. And the reality is there's quite a few of us that are on the smaller end of the spectrum in the SEAL teams. Um, the Hollywood version of Navy SEALs is not, is not the reality. And as a matter of fact, you know, we've, we've kind of, you know, we've done a lot of research on what makes a Navy SEAL because it costs a lot of money. It costs millions of dollars to train an individual from the start of the pipeline up to where they're an actual Navy SEAL. And the average Navy SEAL is only 5'10 and 180 pounds. Uh, so we're actually on the smaller end of the spectrum. Spectrum. I was on that smaller end, but it, it, is, a, it is the first very important point. Uh, people will try and put you into boxes in life. People will try and tell you what you can or can't do. And so many people accept that. They just say, oh, oh man, I really wanted to do that. This was a hope or dream and I don't fit into this box. So I guess I shouldn't go after that. And that is not necessarily a good reason why you should or should not. And I didn't listen to it. Um, I, I've, you know, I've always been that guy that swam upstream. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, it definitely is one of my marks. But that being said, went down this path, uh, you know, very young age. I was only 19 when I graduated SEAL training. Uh, went on and started a career in the SEAL teams and excelled. Uh, did very well for myself, so much so that I got uh, selected for a commissioning program. Uh, I was an enlisted SEAL, and in the military, we have enlisted members who are a little more of the technical expert, hands-on, and then we have the officers who lead and manage, you know, the different components. So I uh, had done well enough that they said, hey, you know, we should recommend you for a commission. So I said, okay, my, my father was an officer. My grandfather was an officer. I had come from a family of military. And I said, okay, you know, I think, I, I think I'm gonna go down that road. Although uh, suddenly I had two new friends that were starting to walk with me with all this uh, newfound um, uh, success, if you will. And they are, they are newfound friends that plague a lot of young men, not as much women, but men. Uh, these two newfound friends were called Ego and Arrogance. And uh, my, my two new friends, Ego and Arrogance, as I got commissioned, I started to think that I was like God's gift to leadership and really thought very highly of my skills. And it led to a, uh, I'll be honest, it led to a major crash as a young leader and uh, a crash that was bad enough that I almost found myself on the verge of being kicked out of the SEAL teams. I had some people that just said, hey, this guy, you know, he's focused on himself. He's not focused on the men, on the mission. You know, he's, he made, you know, he, he could potentially get guys killed. So this was kind of the first major um, 
failure I had ever encountered in my life. You know, uh, you know, despite people telling me, hey, we don't think you can do this, I had found success at a young age. And suddenly here I was uh, with everything I had ever trained to achieve, uh, suddenly being in danger of being ripped out from underneath me. And, uh, and it was the first point in my life I really had to humble myself. I had to humble myself. I had to come to grips with who I was. I had to come to understand what it truly means to be a leader um, in, in any organization, but specifically in an organization where lives are on the line. And that started a whole new journey, a two-year journey of really humbling myself, of uh, relearning how to be an effective leader, uh, really uh, what I had to do was uh, learn to lead. And it's actually something I teach now. It's an acronym on how we become effective leaders and that anybody can learn to be an amazing leader. But that journey uh, finally earned me back, uh, earned back my credibility, earned back my respect, and suddenly found myself in another platoon getting ready to head to Iraq in the spring of 2007 and uh, was getting my career back on track, was getting ready to move to the next level at SEAL Team, the next level of leadership. And uh, right before we were finishing that deployment, uh, we were going after a high-value Al-Qaeda leader, and I got on the wrong end of an enemy machine gun. And uh, I was shot eight times in the engagement between my body armor and body, two, ar two, round, two large rounds in the left elbow that uh, almost destroyed, well, it destroyed my elbow and almost took off my arm. Uh, in the beginning, they thought about amputating my arm just in and out of damage. Like you talked about, I took a round to the face, uh, which is never a good place to get shot. I don't recommend it. Uh, definitely sucks. It's not like the movies. And uh, all of that led me down a whole new path, a whole new path of uh, coming to understand a different level of adversity, but also because I'd already been through this other leadership journey, having to build myself back up and redeem and really come and understand who I was, I learned that you can lead from any situation, uh, including a hospital bed, because at the end of the day, the, one of the critical elements of leadership is your attitude. Your attitude in the face of adversity, the ability to choose positivity over negativity, and, and your ability to motivate and inspire others around you. I mean, those are the core elements of leadership, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, this is why so often you hear individuals who are going through uh, cancer treatment or are going through massive uh, uh, accidents and, and, and um, all kinds of surgeries, how many of the people around them say, oh my God, they're such an inspiration, they're such a motivator, they're, they're a natural leader of the people around them. It's because of their attitude and the way they're driving forward. So, uh, so yeah, I... Um, I chose that path. Once I got to the hospital, I got a little bit of notoriety from a sign I hung on my hospital door. And from that day forward, I've never looked back. I've just been focused on overcoming. I've just been focused on helping others to become the best version of themselves, uh, to, to understand how to learn to lead, to understand how to deal with the life ambushes we all encounter. I survived an enemy ambush, but everybody out there that's listening to this podcast uh, has been through a life ambush. And if you haven't been through a life ambush yet, maybe you're too young or maybe you're just lucky. Uh, I got bad news for you. Uh, the reality is they're coming. You know, the average human will go through about five major life ambushes in their lifetime. And, uh, and I define a life ambush as something that will leave mental, emotional, or physical scars upon you that you'll, you'll never forget. You will carry them with you your entire life. 
Uh, at the lower level, they can be things such as, you know, the, the drastic ending of a relationship, a relationship up to a divorce. They can be personal failure. They can be personal injury. Uh, they can be uh, injury or illness to ones we love. It can be a business failure or a business injury. It can be sexual trauma. It can be the unexpected loss of a loved one. All these are major life ambushes we all, unfortunately, will go through in our lives. And uh, it is my new mission in life to try and help people to be proactive, build a tremendous overcome mindset, to teach them how to deal with those life ambushes when they come and to teach them how to be effective leaders in themselves and others to set both themselves up for uh, personal, physical, and professional success and the different things they're doing. I, I warned you guys that story <laughs> right there. And it, it's, it's powerful. Um, and I want to I want to go back to some of the early things that that you you talked about. So just talk talk about relatability. So I, I did not make the choice to go into the military, but I I'm a Navy brat, and I didn't go into the the military because I was afraid of boot camp. I mean, it was just boot camp that scared me. Um, and the the idea of even wearing like polyester uniforms and that texture, I was just like, there's no way I can do that. Let alone taking that extra level and saying I'm going to become a SEAL. Um, you, you talk about how you were recognized at a, at a young age, uh, being somebody that had leadership capabilities and you were approached and, um, given, you know, I'm thinking about, um, in my own world, I was approached early on and given a title as a leader and it caused some unraveling on my part too, because of the arrogance and the conceit and thinking I had it all down and I'm so young and people already think I, I have all the answers. And I, I heard a little bit of that in your story that they came to you and offered you this commission. And all of a sudden this arrogance and conceit just took over you and some things happened. Oh, sorry. just lost the lights here. Sorry about that. Um, it's something, something happened in, in your world where you were kind of knocked down a little bit and outsiders started looking at you thinking, Ooh, maybe we made a bad choice here. Maybe he's not the leader we thought you had something inside of you though, that thought, no, I, I do. I am a leader. I am going to overcome this. I am going to earn back some of this respect. I am going to earn back some of this credibility. Where did that come from? Where, where did you learn to, to dismiss those outside voices and to truly believe in yourself and to know that you did have the opportunity and the ability to overcome? I, I will say that is something that is uh, a little bit, it is both a, a um, it is both a strength and a weakness within me. Um, and, and, you know, the IDGAF mindset, you know, and I'll let people interpret that. Uh, it, it is, yeah, it's both a good and a bad thing. Um, it's a good thing when uh, there's negativity and there's criticism coming at you where you just say, well, I don't care. You know, I'm still going to drive forward. It is a bad thing. And it's something as I've gotten a little bit older, you know, if you totally discount it and, and there is some validity to it, this is where it can be a little bit dangerous. And now as I'm getting older and a little more wiser in my years and experience, I try and take a step back now and say, hey, is there valid, is there validity in the criticism and in, in the negativity? You know, am I, am I swimming upstream against impossible odds where I'm just wasting my time and effort? Uh, and that's an important distinction because obviously we don't want to run to our death, you know, or our financial death or our business death. So those are some of the things I talk about in my new book. But I will also say this, Dave, it was not um, 
on some of these journeys, I'd love to tell you that it was something that just happened overnight. Like somebody would say, oh, you can do this, especially the leadership failure. That was about a six month journey of, hey, you failed and, and really getting me to come to grips and, and walk this path and come to understand and really all this self-assessment uh, until I finally reached that epiphany point that okay, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna earn back the trust and here's the step-by-step -step process that I'm gonna do. That's really what my, my first book, uh, The Trident, which went on to become a New York Times bestseller, that's what this book is all about. It follows that journey. It follows the, you know, the, the success to the, the fall and the arrogance and it follows that journey of really coming to understand what it is to be an effective leader and uh and and how all that developed um and then of course it follows the journey of being injured and so uh people love that book although it is a memoir it just kind of follows my journey and uh there are obviously leadership lessons into it but they are not broken out but at the end of the day and you know in response to your question none of these things happen overnight um i mean I, all of us i think sometimes have a you know screw you moment where we're just going to fight back and do something just because we want to spite someone. And I know I've had plenty of those moments in my life. But the reality is for most of us, it is an evolution. Leadership is an evolution. It is a learned thing. Um, you know, if you ever reach a point where you've decided you know everything, uh, you know, it is, the de it is your death. Uh, as a matter of fact, the greatest leaders I know at the most senior levels of the game, uh, they recognize that they know even less at the higher level than they do when they were younger and thought they knew it all. You know, that, that's good. So much wisdom in that. Yeah, I want, want to, you, you talk about it being this evolution. Um, you talked about having ego and conceit almost as though it was in, in the past tense. Um, I, I'm wondering, do, do you agree that ego, arrogance, is, it's almost like a drug? It's almost uh, an addiction that you have to fight um, daily. So, I mean, you're, you're a guy, you, you talk about, you had, you had um, your first book was a New York Times bestseller. You are, you, you've been to the Oval Office and met the president. You have been on TV. You're, you're now on this podcast, which by the way, I'm sure surpasses all of those other experiences. Um, by far. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you battle that today? Knowing that ego and conceit were one of those things that led to an early downfall. How do you keep that in check today and continue to move forward? I, I maintain the perspective. Um, I've been there. I've, I've had people, you know, uh, I've had people say that guy doesn't measure up. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a painful thing to hear, you know, when you, especially when you come from a very elite, high-performing community, when that's something your peers say. And, and uh, I'll never forget that. I mean, that, that was one of the life ambushes I've encountered. I will forever carry the emotional and mental scars of making those mistakes. And, and, but the good news is I learned from them. And that's one of the greatest gifts of going through life ambushes. If you are willing to drive through to the other side, that is what forges an overcome mindset. And, and the greatest lessons learned are learned through hardship. They're not learned through success. Uh, you know, we have a saying in the SEAL team, you know, in combat or even in training, the lessons learned in blood are the ones that are remembered the most. And what we mean by that is someone was either injured or killed uh, and, you know, pain drives change. So in life, it's no different. So many people who are afraid of failure, who are afraid of taking risks, who are afraid of getting out there, 
they're never going to reach their fullest potential because it's only through failure, it's only through hardship that we truly understand who we are, what we're made of, and what we have the ability to get to the other side. And it's only as we do this more and more that when we get into more complex situations later in life, higher levels of management, leadership, uh, bigger problems, are we able to look back at these other ones and have that perspective? So, you know, when you talk about that, you know, with ego and uh, the arrogance and um, I just, I don't feel like I'm anybody special. I feel like, uh, I'm I'm an I'm a fortunate individual who really I mean my most redeeming quality is just my ability to keep driving forward, but it is an amazing quality and it is a learned quality and it's a quality that anybody out there can have. As a matter of fact, it's the single greatest factor that I can attribute to success is just the ability to keep driving forward, um, and it doesn't make you. Uh, it doesn't make you great and it sure as hell doesn't give you the right to be arrogant and think, oh my God, I'm so much better than anybody else. Um, you know, it's, it's not genetic gifts that got me here. It's a little combination of stubbornness and a willingness to keep driving forward. So, uh, you know, that's yeah. what keeps me grounded. Well, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that you, you don't look at this like it, you're just God's gift. You know, uh, you you have this tenacity, you have this drive, and you, you called it a learned behavior. It's a learned mindset. You know, you mentioned the fact that when you were in the hospital, you had the sign on the door that brought you some notoriety, um, some, some fame. And I want to talk about that, that sign in just a second. But that sign is a testament to that mindset that you're talking about. You were at the, the, this moment where it's probably <laughs> physically, probably the, the lowest moment of your life. Um, this moment in your life where you're just questioning things, think, thinking about the future, what in the world am I going to do next? And in that moment where so many of us would have just been, woe is me, give me some support, give me some sympathy. Um, you took a much different route. You took, uh, I, don't, I don't want to simply call it the high road, but you took this optimistic um, lens and said, I'm moving forward. Don't come here if you're going to rain on my parade. Only be here if you're going to stand beside me and celebrate with me and enjoy the fact that I'm still here. Can you can you talk through um, both the, what the sign said? I don't know if you remember everything that was on it. If you want to paraphrase, oh, yeah. or uh, or maybe no. you do, <laughs> um, and what prompted you to to go that route? Yeah, and and a lot led up to that moment also. So I want to you know tell people that once again, hardship, embrace hardship, embrace failure, embrace you know. When things are going wrong, it's easy for all of us to immediately go negative and just, oh, whoa, it's me. Everything in my life is off track or this plan that I laid out has suddenly come to a grinding halt. Take a breath because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. The outcome that you thought was going to happen has suddenly changed. And that is true. And that can be disappointing. But um, the reality is you don't know what the new outcome is going to be. And, and it's those harder lessons before that start to teach us that. The more hard lessons you go through and the more you start to see what's on the other side, the more you realize that sometimes these hardships we encounter are actually gifts. Um, the other thing that I had learned was uh, probably one of the greatest gifts from being in the military and being in a special operations unit and having gone through really hard training is oftentimes when things are really hard, it takes that positive, 
mindset that, you know, a little bit of sense of humor, a little bit of dark humor, and that's something the SEAL teams have in spades. So, uh, and I had learned from some great guys and with everything that I went through, I was like, man, you know, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to drive forward. So I had, uh, like you said, laying in that hospital bed was really hard. I mean, here I was, I had just finished walking this two-year journey of failure as a leader two years ago, slowly over time, earning back the trust and credibility of my teammates, finally getting my career back on track, getting ready to go to the next level of SEAL team uh, and my next level of leadership, uh, all, you know, the things to, to really get my career back on track and suddenly to be horrifically injured. Um, and to be laying in that hospital bed and thinking, you know, thinking to myself, oh my God, you know, my military special operations career, my operational career is over. Um, I'm going to be uh, forever disabled. You know, they're talking about amputating my arm and, and I'm going to be permanently disfigured. You know, I, I hadn't even looked at myself. I was afraid to look at myself from the amount of damage I had to my face. And on top of that, and then I had some people, uh, you know, you had constant visitors, doctors, nurses, and, and friends, family, and acquaintances. And there were some people that came into the room that were having a conversation off to the side that I caught wind of. And the conversation was, you know, what a shame, what a pity, you know, expressing a lot of pity for what had happened to me. And, you know, basically painting me as this victim who would never fully recover, who would never be able to go on and have a successful future. And I remember laying there thinking, oh my God, is this, is this me? Is this the reality of, of my future? Is this, you know, what I have to look forward to? And, and this happens in life so often. So many of us get painted into these boxes that other people want to put us into. And so many of us accept that, oh, well, you know, if they're putting me in this box and society wants to say that this is going to be my outcome, then I guess I got to accept that. Um, but it's not true. The greatest gift you have and the greatest gift that I realized in that moment is you have a choice. You have a choice in how you're going to deal with anything you encounter in this life. Um, and, and most people choose negativity. Most people choose what they've lost. Most people choose to be despondent. Um, and they get consumed by the grief, the loss, all those things that are, go hand in hand when we have catastrophic events happen in our lives. But the reality is you also can choose positivity because for every storm, for every crisis, for every deep, dark, black hole that you fall into, somewhere there is light at the top. Somewhere there is sunshine on the edge of the storm. And if you sit in, if you sit in the middle of it and just feel sorry for yourself, uh, it's very rare that the storm blows away by itself. It's very rare that you're going to just you know, levitate out of that hole all by yourself. Instead, it's effort. It's getting up and, and walking through. It's sailing out of that storm. It's driving out of that storm. It's climbing out of that hole. That is a choice. And the faster you make that choice and the faster you choose positivity over negativity, you will be amazed at how good it does for you and, and how many people are, are motivated and inspired by it. And that's exactly what happened in that moment. I made that choice. And when my wife came back in the room, I said, uh, never again, never again is anybody going to come in here feeling sorry for me. It's, it's taken everything I can not to feel sorry for myself. And I wrote out this sign. I couldn't talk. I was trached. I was wired shut. I'd eaten through a stomach tube. And I wrote attention to all who enter here. If you're coming in this room with sadness or sorrow, don't bother. The wounds that I received, I got in a job that I love, doing it for people that I love, defending the freedom of the country I deeply love. 
I'll make full recovery. What is full? That's the absolute utmost physically of the ability to recover. And then I'll push that about 20% further through sheer mental tenacity. This room you're about to enter is a room of fun, optimism, and intense rapid regrowth. If you are not prepared for that, go elsewhere. And we signed it, the management, because I don't know, we felt like it needed some air of credibility or something. And, uh, and we put it on the door and said, hey, nobody's allowed into this room uh, unless they read this sign. It was on a real bright neon orange piece of paper. And uh, a New York firefighter who I later became good friends with took a picture of it and it went viral, it went all over the place. And to this day, it's now been seen by millions and millions of people who have been motivated and inspiring inspired by uh, individuals that are overcoming cancer, uh, catastrophic injuries, the loss of loved ones, sexual trauma, whatever it is. And, uh, and, and, you know, probably one of the things I'm proudest about is it motivates and inspires fellow wounded warriors because the original sign, um, when I met President Bush in the White House, he signed it and we had it framed and it now hangs in the middle of the wounded ward at uh, Walter Reed National Medical Center. And uh, so it continues to, something that I originally wrote just to motivate and inspire myself had these ripple effects that went on to motivate and inspire everybody. And this is the power of choice. So if you are a leader, and, and make no mistake, you know, everyone out there, you are a leader at some point. It starts with you, but, you know, you have so many opportunities to choose that positivity over negativity. And that one choice can have ripple effects that could be positively impact all kinds of people around you, your team, your business, your family. So man, why, why dwell on the negativity and dwell on what you lost? You can't change any of that. We can't change our past. The only thing we can do is shape our future. So man, start looking at how to climb out of that hole and how to get out of that storm. I mean, it, that, that story is seriously one of the most incredible stories I've heard. And, I, and I've heard that story a couple of times, just, you know, <laughs> learning more about you. And each time I, I process it, it just takes me on, on a whole new level. It's just, it's so good in so many different ways. I mean, you're out there fighting for all of us and uh, doing this job that you love. And, you know, you talk about that you are out there on this mission, um, seeking a pretty high level Al Qaeda operative, and all of this stuff happens to you. And I can only imagine in, in the moment, not knowing the outcome of that mission, no, none of us will ever really know what happened with that mission. But in that moment, at least for you personally, it had to feel like a failure. It had to feel like nothing went right for you personally. But then when you think about the millions of lives that have been impacted by what happened to you personally and the people that you've inspired and the people that you have pushed to keep going and to, I mean, truly, I, I, I will say lives have been saved because of this story and this journey that you're on now, since that moment, since you decided that you were going to sit down and write a declaration on a sheet of paper, you have saved lives you truly have and you're not wearing the uniform right now you're not wearing the uniform anymore but you are still on this mission to save lives and you're doing it it's huge you know you and i didn't really get a chance to talk much before we hit record but people that have listened to this podcast and have heard other episodes know that i'm a guy who has struggled quite a bit with identity 
you know, I, I had that huge ego and it got knocked down. And as a result, went to some dark, dark places, feeling like I couldn't overcome some things and um, fell, fell victim to the pity party and felt bad and pitiful for myself. And um, at times just wanted to throw up my hands and say, I give up. But, you know, you hear a story like this and you're like, who, who am I? <laughs> to give up who knows the impact that I can have on other people by sharing my story by sharing my journey so you, you started this conversation by saying um, you want to make sure that people understand that we, we can all relate to to you we're not all these big bad navy seals that are going out there and taking on al-qaeda operatives but man your story is relatable on so many different levels and I just want to tell you man uh, you know, the military service. Yes. Thank you so much for your service, but thank you for the service that you're providing to so many of us now today in real life um, here, you know, just wearing civilian clothes. I appreciate the fact that you're still doing the service and sharing your story and paying it forward today, man. It's, it's huge. And man to man, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. No, it's, it's awesome. So what, what are you doing now? Talk, talk about life for you today? What is, what is Jason Redmond up to today? Um, you know, like all of us, I kind of had an evolution, a, a little bit of a journey figuring things out as I left the military. I, um, while I was in the hospital, I started a nonprofit to help other wounded warriors. And I ran that um, while I was still on active duty. And then after I retired for almost about 10 years, uh, and it was great. Uh, it gave me tremendous purpose, and I was helping out fellow wounded warriors, uh, but I ended up phasing that down at the end of 2018, um, probably for one of the biggest reasons I lost a friend, um, uh, Senior Chief Ron Condry, an EOD friend who killed himself. And um, it, just, it just made me say, man, you know, my nonprofit isn't we're not focused on mental health. We're not focused on brain research. And I think this is really a, a big thing that we weren't aware of. Uh, there are 43,000 veteran nonprofits that are out there right now. And I said, you know, we don't need another one. Uh, instead, let me go find some really good ones that I can lend my name to and help. So in 2019, I did that. And then the second thing I did, I said, you know, I was already speaking uh, quite a bit on a national level, but I said, man, I, I want to get deeper into this. Everybody keeps asking me, how did you do what you did? How did you create that overcome mindset? So, and I'll be honest, when I spoke, I spoke, I spoke a lot about leadership. I spoke a lot about um, my leadership failure and coming to learn and, and teamwork. And I taught something called the, uh, the, um, the five principles of elite performance, but there were certain things that I'll be honest, I could not answer in a step-by-step -step process. So in 2019, I sat down and I started writing again. And, and uh, in December, we released my new book, Overcome. And that is what it is now. So it is a step-by-step -step process. You want to build an overcome mindset? This book will teach you how to do it. And, uh, and we broke it down. I interviewed some amazing people um, from Jocko Willing to uh, other special operations leaders like Bill McRaven and Stan McChrystal, other wounded warriors I had worked with who also had launched out of their um, out of their crisis, their 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 ambushes and life ambushes, and now that's what I'm doing. I'm speaking all across the country, teaching companies. Uh, one of the big phrases you will hear me say a lot is, "You got to get off the X." And the X is any point of incident or sticking point, any point of crisis or attack that occurs in your life. 
Um, in special operations, the X is the ambush point. So obviously when I was attacked and was all shot up, I was on the X. And the way we survived is my team and I were able to get off the X and survive. Well, life is no different. So I've developed some step-by-step uh, uh, -step processes when you find yourself in a life ambush, whether it's physical, uh, physical, personal, or professional, I've developed a very relatable process for you to be able to evaluate and to get off the X as quickly as possible. And then, you know, I'm teaching people how to be effective leaders. You, you want to make more money? You want to be in better shape? You want to have better relationship? These are the top three things in the world that people want. Yeah, it comes down to you. That's the reality. It's how you lead yourself. It's how you build a positive mindset. It's how you build structure and discipline in your life. It's how you create effective communication with the people around you. And, and these are the things that I'm now teaching. And uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, to be able to take my story and this second chance and be able to pay it forward. So both between speaking for companies and now a uh, new coaching program. I have a, uh, a group called the Overcome Army, a group coaching program of like-minded individuals, individuals who wanna become the best version of themselves. They all have different hopes and dreams. For some, you know, it falls into those three areas. You know, they, they wanna make more money in their business. They wanna create a more successful business. They wanna be in better shape. Sometimes it's a combination of three. But the formula to do it is, pretty much the same, at least the bottom line formula, because if you're not leading yourself, if you're not creating structure and discipline in your life, I don't care what business tactics you put in. I don't care what uh, fitness tactics you put in. They're, they're going to fall apart because you don't have a strong foundation in yourself. And that's what I'm teaching is how do you build a strong foundation in yourself? And, and I'll, I'll be a, um, a testimony to the books, get the books. Um, the amazing wisdom, amazing insight. You know, when I first reached out to, to you, Jason, and um, asked you to, to come on the show, that's the first thing I did. Went on Amazon Prime, got your stuff, and plowed, plowed through them, man. It, um, insightful, wise, vulnerable, transparent. I mean, it, it's all there, and it's, it's so relatable, even for a guy like me, who was too scared to go in the military because he didn't want to wear polyester uniforms. Even I could relate to the messages in there and say, man, I can do this. I can continue to overcome. I continue to, I can make my life better by uh, the choices I make every single day. So, um, I mean, it, it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And with all of that, with your huge story, with all the stuff that you've done, you know, I, I, I ask everybody when they come on this podcast to, to think about their, their mic drop moment. I'm going to give you this opportunity now. If you had the opportunity to hang it all on something, what, some message, you know, people that are listening to this or driving to work or maybe they're laying down at night getting ready, getting ready to go to bed and they have this opportunity to hear your final um, piece of advice, your piece of wisdom that's going to completely wreck their world, um, that they're going to be resonating on all day all week, no pressure here whatsoever, but it's going to be completely life-changing for them. What is that mic drop moment that you would have to say, do this and things will be better? Ah, man, I got so many. So it's tough to, uh, tough to come up with that. Um, and I'll say that says a lot right there. The fact that you're, you're, it's not just some single moment. You don't just have this little nugget. <laughs> I mean, there's no, it's layer upon no. layer upon layer, right? It, it is. And I'll be honest, um, 
I would just tell you this, and this is the basis of my TED Talk that recently released. So if anybody wants to get deeper on this TED Talk, it's only 14 minutes and then getting amazing reviews. Just look up uh, Jason Redmond TED Talk. Uh, the title is How to Overcome Hard Times. But um, the bottom line is this. All of us in life are going to encounter these hard moments. Right now, as you are listening and you're driving, listening to this, or maybe you're in your home, or maybe you're at the gym and you're listening to the podcast, we fall into one of three categories in life. We're either A, going through a major life ambush. Right now, you are going through a divorce. Maybe you're facing some health crisis. Uh, you know, maybe... Maybe you've lost the connection with your kids. Maybe you recently have been fired. Maybe you're dealing with sexual trauma that you've never actually confronted and dealt with, but deep down inside, it's left this black hole within you. Or maybe you lost someone close to you. You're dealing with that pain. Um, and if you're not in a life ambush right now, maybe you're on the other side of one. You're coming out of it. And, you know, you're, you're, you're navigating those waters and you still are suffering from that pain. Or maybe you don't know it yet, but there's one out on the horizon waiting for you right now. And you don't see it. You know, there might be some small indicators, but uh, unfortunately, those life ambushes are going to hit all of us. All, us. all of us will encounter a key moment when they occur where we all have that same thought. I've thought it multiple times in my life. Oh, my God, it is the end. There is no way I can drive forward again. My whole world has been ripped out from underneath me. Every plan... Every wish, every desire has been torn out from under me. And, and so many people in those moments, this is where we get stuck in life. And so many people don't have the ability to drive forward or they get stuck on the X for a long time. So here are your two things. Number one, you always have a choice in how you're going to deal with it. You always have a choice. Stop looking back. Stop, stop focusing on what you've lost. You cannot change that. Once that ball has been dropped, you know, once those things have been set in motion, uh, it's almost impossible to undo the past. Instead, what we have to look at doing is how we shape the future. And then here's the other greatest gift out of it. 90% of the times out of those the end moments comes a brand new beginning. An incredible beginning, if we are willing to drive forward, if we don't sit on the ax and just dwell on what we've lost. I've got to tell you, so many people I know, and I've dealt with a lot of wounded warriors, I've dealt with a lot of people that have been, failure or crisis, have been through failure or crisis. I've worked with a lot of companies that have been at what they thought was their the end moment. And they pivoted, they looked at how to get off the ax, and suddenly it became a new beginning. And so often it becomes a better beginning than what they ever thought was possible. Something they never would have contemplated, just like me. You know, when I was laying in the hospital bed, never once did I think, oh my God, you know, someday, you know, I, uh, when I was thinking to myself, I'm never gonna be able to operate again and I'm gonna be disabled and I'm gonna be disfigured. It's sure as hell, I didn't think, man, I can become a New York Times bestselling author and I'm gonna speak to people and I'm gonna impact millions of people with this story. None of that entered my mind because I was focused on it is the end. But now fast forward 12 years later and look at the impact I'm having. Every one of you out there have that same potential. It comes down to two things. You can choose, accept, yeah, it might be the end, but let go of it, get off that ax and recognize, start looking for that new beginning. And it just well may be a better beginning than you ever thought possible by the time it settles.
<laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> you know, you said, I'm not sure I can, I can do this mic drop moment thing, man. You, uh, you nailed it. That's all I can keep saying here. I'm going to, this is one of those episodes I'm going to be replaying on a loop at the gym for weeks and weeks and weeks to come. Um, from the small things like, wow, give it one more rep on whatever machine you're on to take one more step out the door, apply for one more job, um, give that next relationship an extra, an extra chance. I mean, whatever it is, you're so right. Every ending is a new beginning. And the fact that your new beginnings came from ambushes, things that you weren't prepared for, things you weren't predicting, um, things that you didn't necessarily see coming, but you took those opportunities and completely re reinvented yourself, your destiny, your circumstance, your surroundings, everything. And it's, that's awesome. It's so, so good. And I, I appreciate you. So, so Jason, um, you talked about the fact that you, you write, you speak, people have the opportunity to, to get in touch with you, to probably bring you in to, to hear from you. How do people connect with you? Uh, so you can go to my website, jasonredman.com. And from there, it's got all my different connections. It'll take you to my coaching site, which is getoffx.com. Um, coaching and my products, I have overcome merchandise. You can get signed copies of the book. As a matter of fact, we just released signed copies of overcome are now live, uh, along with brand new overcome challenge coins. Um, and, and if you're interested in booking me for to come in and speak to your company, uh, or group, uh, you can go through there. We have our speaking, you know, you can send a request and let us know, you know, this is the event, this is what we're looking for. And, and we can try and make all that happen. And if you're interested in the coaching aspect, obviously that's on the get off X website. I'm on, uh, all the socials. So, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, but if you are, um, I'm, I'm more active on Instagram than probably anything else. I do my best to try and, you know, respond back on all of them, but Instagram's the one I watch the closest and is the one I uh, do my best to try and respond to everyone. Um, so if, uh, if you write me on Instagram, that's not some assistant, that's me on the other end, writing you back. Awesome. So whether you're watching this on, on YouTube, uh, or you're listening to this on the podcast, his contact information is in the notes. So you can go right there and truly I'm, I'm a testament to this. He will respond. Uh, the fact that I'm, I'm connecting with him right now still kind of blows my mind, but I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. And Jason, I just appreciate you and uh, your willingness to give up some of your time today to, to help inspire so many others. Hey, my honor. I, I kind of feel like it's my, uh, <laughs> it's my new mission. That's uh, I got a second chance. So I'm trying to fulfill it. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you did, feel free to keep listening by subscribing right now to the Lasting Learning Podcast and get new episodes as soon as they're released. Interested in knowing more about me, Dave Schmidow? Well, feel free to find out what makes me tick by reading one of my books, Bold Humility or It's Like Riding a Bike. Feel free to check them both out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly on my website, schmidow.net. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U dot net.